chapter eleven of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain a lover scorned a room cumbered with a musician's litter a musician apparently who was the master of many instruments on one side and a little in a corner an open grand piano on a small table just in front of it a violin the bow upon its belly a foot or two further a harp against the wall one of its strings broken low down near the pedals the detached wire dangling in the air on a sideboard opposite leather cases one open disclosing a flute with its parts unscrewed a cornet stood near by on the floor and on the other side of the fireplace a four-stringed double bass the bow hanging on one of the pegs music on the floor chairs tables piano sideboard mantelpiece everywhere a good deal of it in rags as if the soul which it enshrined had been torn to tatters pacing hither and thither gesticulating as he went was the room's proprietor paolo bianchi he was in such a temper and whirlwind of passion as to be rather mad than sane his arms were in continual movement branching out in every direction behind in front towards either side up towards the ceiling down towards the ground as if they had been hung on springs which every motion of his body put in action he flung his head with its thick mane of hair this way and that his eyes rolled his voice rose and fell now rising to the roar of a bull now sinking to a hoarse whisper of the intensest bitterness some persons might have found the gentleman's frenzy more than a little ridiculous and one of those persons happened to be seated at the piano at that particular moment this was the gentleman who in the organ loft had seemed to derive so much entertainment from the peculiar quality of the signor's performance he was an unusually tall man and although his shoulders were broad suggesting striking lung capacity almost grotesquely thin his head was too small for the size of his body it was bullet-shaped his light brown hair was cropped close to the scalp in continental fashion he had a trick of holding himself so very straight that one was apt to wonder if the vertebrae of his back and neck sloped outwards one would hardly have been surprised to see him unconsciously fall into one of the postures of the professional contortionist his cheeks and chin were shaven but he wore a huge moustache whose proportions amply compensated for the absence of any other hirsute adornment underneath this moustache his jaw stood out suddenly with a squareness which recalled the muzzle of a bulldog and its tenacity his nose though small was slightly hooked two little lobes at the side stood out a little on either side there seemed to be some singularity about the structure of his eyelids as if the tendon of the upper lid was unduly long so as to make it more convenient for him to allow it to droop than to hold it up at least it seemed to be his natural habit to keep it only just sufficiently raised to enable one to perceive that there was an eye behind it was conceivable that one might be an acquaintance of some standing without becoming aware what sort of an eye it really was the predominant expression of his face was a seemingly perennial smile so curious a smile that the more one regarded it the more one wondered what it meant one felt that this man would smile at all things more especially at those which moved others to tears while bianchi dashed to and fro raging and storming calling on all the gods to witness his afflictions this gentleman sat at the piano 
and strummed in a fashion which hardly suggested the cultured musician a little jig the thing which was the merest jingle he repeated over and over and over again with a monotonous iteration which in itself was maddening and he sat very straight with his head thrown back peeping at the other from beneath his nearly shut eyelids and he smiled i will kill her i will destroy her she shall be as the thing that has not been i will show her what is the reward of treachery she shall know that my hate can be as hot as my love that my vengeance is like the thunderbolt that it blasts consumes erases the gentleman at the piano restarted his senseless jingle for the dozenth time bravo he cried she supposes that my anger is not a thing to be feared that is because i have forgiven her again and again but why why was she forgiven my love for her was great it was the whole of my life it is true she has offended me not once not twice but a hundred a thousand times but each time the offence was but a trifle so great was my love it was as nothing when the occasion of the offence was past and i heard again the music of her voice and saw the beauty of her eyes my heart leaped up within my breast there was not room for anger any more therefore she supposes that because in little things my love was before everything it is not a thing to be feared my wrath wherein she mistakes in the presence of a great betrayal a monstrous wickedness a scarlet sin my love it goes it is transformed it becomes another thing and in its place there rises the spirit the spectre the colossus of revenge my fury drives me on it is unstoppable it is so that is plain and the jig continued in my wrath which is a just wrath i pronounce on her sentence of judgment which is in accordance with the principles of the eternal justice i pronounce it to all the world i proclaim her destruction i will destroy her with the fingers of my own hands branch and root i will destroy her she has ruined my life broken my heart betrayed me lied to me played with me the fool and robbed you of her voice eh that voice of which i have heard so much ah her voice my god her voice lazarus i do declare to you that never was there a voice like hers never never i do not speak as a fool i speak only of what i am certain i know all the great voices which still live i have a perfect knowledge of all the great voices which are dead their range their quality their timber i could tell you just as if they were this moment in this room all the things which made them great but never was there one of them which could be compared to hers never never you never heard one like it in your dreams and i have heard some voices in my dreams yes whose every note struck against a treasure chest and brought out of it a rain of gold ah as for gold it is to me as nothing it is not a thing for which i care no gold is not a thing for which you care it is sure bianchi seemed totally unconscious of the sarcasm which was in the speaker's tone my tastes are simple oh yes they are most simple my wants the things which i esteem which i desire they are all within the range of a modest purse of a most modest purse there is not the slightest doubt of it you are one of those men who desire only whatever they can get eh is it not so the organist still appeared impervious to the other's irony it is so what you say is quite true whatever i can get i am content to have i am a child of nature a little flower of the field i am content to bask in the sunshine i ask no more to me it is a pleasure to be alive in the beautiful world of the good god that is how it is with me as you know but all the same as for the gold of which you speak in her voice there is as much gold as there is in 
africa or in australia either compared to it her grandmother's money is as nothing pa like a halfpenny which i toss into the air and yet the old lady could build up a pretty pile of sovereigns eh her riches are immense enormous stupefying but what is it compared to the money which is in that false girl's voice i know i know patty gets a thousand guineas when she sings well she will get five ten fifteen twenty thousand this is a day when for what is unique you get what you choose to ask that her voice is unique i give you my word there may be voices like it on the other side of purgatory which i ask the good god to forgive me if i venture to doubt but that there are none on this side and never have been i promise you i would not let her sing for all the world no not i she has a strange notion that her voice has been given her for the enjoyment of the whole world to give it pleasure that of course is folly pure i let her sing once twice thrice perhaps four or five times a year in this place in that place in some other it may be in each country once i charge a hundred pounds for a seat i get it too for as many seats as i choose to sell it will be to give yourself out a poor person not to be able to pay to hear her sing and in these times there are few of those who consider themselves to be any one who will be willing to proclaim their poverty to the whole world now and then every ten every five years something like that i let her sing to the people to the great crowd for that i ask from each of them a mere bagatelle it may be five pounds in this way i make a hundred thousand a hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year i live at my ease i have the nations at my feet i twiddle my thumbs i say this is a pleasant world in which to be and she what will there be for her out of this little plan which is the child of your simple tastes eh for her there will be the satisfaction of the artiste the great artiste she will know that it is out of her throat her beautiful throat that these things all come as a woman the pleasure of such a conviction will be immense immense without the slightest doubt besides for her there will be the incense of my love of my unceasing love of my undying devotion the adoration of one artiste for another artiste i have a soul all sentiment all poetry all kindness i have a great heart which will compel me to kneel always at her feet looking up with rapture into her lovely eyes ah my friend in that future which i propose for both of us her future will be larger than mine i give you my word and to think that this pretty scheme of yours should have all been spoiled by milord of staines that stupid englishman who has no soul for song bianchi broke into a flood of imprecations he shook his clenched fists tossed his mane of hair danced about as if he had a difficulty in finding an adequate vent for the torrent of his passion i will kill her yes that is certain and i will kill him too that is also certain and before the sun goes down their bleeding bodies will be the proof that a noble spirit is not to be outraged without the sword of justice falling mr lazarus for the first time ceased to strum that dreadful jingle he bent back on his stool until one felt that if his anatomical structure had been of the common type his spinal column must certainly have fractured he raised his long arms above his head his fingers fully extended and he burst into laughter which was so sudden so loud and so hearty that bianchi started back as if it had been a missile aimed at him at what are you laughing is it at me is it at me that you laugh the other gave no answer he ceased to laugh as suddenly as he had begun he rose from his stool his enormous length towering above the other so that beside him bianchi seemed a pygmy he went to the table on which there was the violin taking it up he picked the strings with his fingers sharply 
bianchi clapped his hands to his ears ah do not touch it it is all wrong it is out of tune that is all right i play out of tune what does it matter he drew the bow across the cords with a discordant screech which made the organist spring from his feet ah for the love of heaven do not make that dreadful noise put down that horrible thing not at all i play you a little tune all wrong he played a little tune all wrong indeed with such a torturing of air and tune that it was difficult not to suspect that he was playing it as badly as he conveniently could bianchi stared at him with a face of anguish for one who has had all his life to do with music it is extraordinary that you should have so little there is no more music in you than there is in that board nor one-tenth part as much out of that board an instrument may be fashioned out of me never he went on wrenching discords from the maltreated violin bianchi paced up and down racked by his thoughts and probably also by the music of his friend at last the performer spoke bianchi lazarus what a pity it is that you never mean anything at all that you say i mean everything i say i swear it you will do nothing to her i will kill her you will do nothing also to him i will kill him too bah your words are as froth if they were to hear you they would not be at all afraid i swear to you in the name of the virgin the father the son the holy ghost i will kill them both mr lazarus continued to make the fiddle give forth groans of agony presently he spoke again no you will do nothing don't i tell you i will kill them both you will do nothing you will let them pull you by the nose you will let them kick you you will let them make a fool of you all that you will say is do it again you are of that kind i swear to you that i will kill them you shall see it if you please once more mr lazarus was still then spoke again in a sort of quiet drawl as if he were giving half unconscious utterance to ideas which were passing through his brain and all the while he racked the fiddle it is a pity that you do not mean sometimes what you say do i not swear to you a hundred times that this time i mean it every word so supposing you to be not the chicken-hearted creature she takes you for and that she cannot use you like a poor little dog of which she is tired i will kill her for you you will kill her for me how and also him lazarus it is a small joke that i would play i am fond of quips and jests and fancies i do not understand you in the least no it is true that you would kill her do i not tell you over and over and over again and him by the living god mr lazarus removed the violin from his shoulder he looked at it this is a good fiddle of yours it is all out of tune it is possible you do not know it holy virgin it is so that i like it all the people in the world are out of tune it is when they are most out of tune you can do with them the most curious things as if you choose i will show you the organist gave a gesture which seemed to denote that he was mystified what is it you mean mr lazarus returning the violin to its former position recommenced its torture how if i were to make her kill him make her kill him you could not do it no maybe but i could try i wish you would tell me what it is you mean you play with phrases better than you play the violin it is in this way it is a little amusement i would have for men not for fools i am not a fool no perhaps not she takes you for one that is sure i will show her i am not a fool 
and you tell me what is it you mean have you ever heard of odd never in my life it is a sort of force i have with which i make you do as i choose not what you choose do you mean the evil eye it is a sort of evil eye you have the evil eye the holy virgin protect me i thought you were the fool she takes you for i am no fool but the evil eye that is not a thing with which one trifles it is to you then that i owe the whole of my misfortunes it is to your own folly your own stupidity she judged you well this girl when she slapped you across the face she knew that in spitting at you she was safe she will die for it i promise you she will not die for it she will suffer nothing at your hands you are too great a fool she knows that well we shall see what we shall see supposing i were to make her kill him for that she would be hung you would be revenged upon them both without any trouble to yourself or any risk but how would you make her kill him by casting on her the evil eye holy virgin bianchi crossed himself for the second time mr lazarus continued to torture the fiddle and to grin it is a little experiment i would make i am of an experimental turn of mind i do not say that i would do it but i would try try hard i seek always to try everything that can be tried to find out to know it is my nature i will use this force i have it is called odic force and by the use of it i will try to bend her to my will i will say nothing not a word but when i have brought her to a state in which she will do just as i choose in my own thoughts i will think to myself i would like you my girl to go and look for milord staines and when you have found him to take a knife one of your own if there is one at hand and drive it to the hilt deep into his heart and if this force of mine has had on her its due effect she will go straight off and she will search for milord and so soon as she finds him no matter where or who is looking on without saying a word she will snatch up the first knife there is and she will drive it into his breast and he will fall dead and there will be an end of your affair it is impossible perhaps i do not say no but i will try that is if you are not altogether the fool she takes you for will she know what it is that she is doing no she will know nothing at all that is where the joke will be but they will not hang her for having done a thing when she did not know what it was that she was doing so much the better for you for then after all she will be yours she will be taken to prison they will try her for murder that is sure that will break her spirit so that in your turn you will be able to do with her as you will her voice will remain she will be only delighted to use it as you may desire at the lifting of your finger she will make you your hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year you will be all that there will be left to her all else she will have lost surely than that nothing could suit you better is it not a pretty little scheme a beautiful revenge eh you think that she would have me after all it is sure why not her family will be glad to give her to the first person who will take her off their hands you need fear no opposition in that quarter and perhaps the old lady will give you her money too who knows bianchi ran his hands one after the other through the wilderness of his long black hair he gnawed his underlip he knit his brows he seemed to be turning something over in his mind 
mr lazarus still smiling continued to extract excruciating sounds from the untuned fiddle while from beneath his nearly closed eyelids he followed every movement of his friend after an interval of silence the organist began to make short jerky remarks as if they fell from him haphazard the fiddler commented on them as they came a certain saturnine humour seeming to earmark every word he uttered she has been false to me as false as the grave and falser did she not tell me that she loved me over and over again with in her voice the raptures of a young hot love the proofs are in my heart and in my pocket too certainly of themselves they are enough to hang her her voice i have done all for it without you it would have been not anything no i have made of it a perfect organ out of nothing yes how has she rewarded me with a slap across the face the excitable gentleman again began to prance up and down the room by heaven by heaven by heaven it is a thing too horrible a crime against nature a treachery not to be believed it is more than she deserves if i throw her to the dogs and they use her as if she were carrion or if you throw her to me to make of her a little joke as for him he deserves a double death yet such is our mercy we propose to only kill him once you understand my friend that what we propose to do is in the cause of science that great cause we take up you and i the position of two scientific inquirers no more that in all simplicity we have heard that certain things it is possible to do we desire to know if this is true we make our little inquiries for every experiment you need a subject what viler body could we choose for a subject than that of this traitress trebly died the organist was standing still again he was biting his finger-nails and you do not think that they will hang her not at all she will live to be your wife that is if you think her worthy of such honour it is not i who does this thing of course not nor is it i lazarus who is it then you need not get hot why do you always get so hot i shall not be near when she does it i shall not even see it done by nature i am of a very tender disposition i ought to know myself and i tell you i am all tenderness the whole of me i would not hurt my lord with the tips of my fingers why should i he is no enemy of mine it is you who guide her hand it is odd i know nothing of your odd it is a fool's word it is the evil eye that is in you that is you it is all the same listen to me dear friend you talk too much it is an error there are some things which never will be done if you talk of them you should not talk of them either before or afterwards take that from me the tongue and the sword are not good bedfellows if you wish to fight much talk little that is an excellent prescription there is too much of the strain of a coward about you i am no coward maybe you sound like one i sound like one how do i not tell you i will kill her and him you say it but it is only saying she has slapped you across the face it is as if i could see the prints of her fingers flaming on your flesh but you only talk if you are not the coward she takes you for you will let me do with her as i will you will say revenge me lazarus and i promise you that of vengeance you shall have your bellyful bianchi came striding towards the fiddler he held out his hands in front of him you think i am afraid to bid you take vengeance on this serpent she thinks so that is sure then she lies and you too if you think with her i say to you cast on her the evil eye do with her as you will revenge me lazarus 
raising his voice he assumed an attitude which seemed intended to suggest that he was putting pressure on his softer impulses so as to enable himself to consign without flinching a creature of iniquity to righteous if radamanthine justice lowering his fiddle his companion tapped him on the shoulder approvingly with the end of the bow so now you play the man i see that you are not altogether the fool that she supposes you can depend upon your lazarus he will forsake you never he will give you as beautiful a revenge as you can possibly desire so beautiful as that my friend and soon so soon as he finds himself within reach of her as he spoke the door opened and maud dorincourt came in he glanced round and seeing her turned again to the musician so it will be sooner even than i thought it will be already now dear friend End of chapter eleven